0: Morning Crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, drawn by several of my friends this morning. We have the top crypto researcher on the planet. Also known as the shock jock of the XRP army, Mr. Johnny Crypto is joining us on this beautiful Wednesday. The fastest growing influencer in the node space and the lead asset manager for Phoenix Crypto Assets, the node defender is here for his first episode of the week. Very excited to have you, Mario. And today is a very special day because we have a very special guest, the largest influencer in in Japan. Known for keeping the XRP army together and deep diving on the future of global payments, many call her the mom of the XRP community. Crypto Eerie is joining Good Morning Crypto to bring our listeners the latest crypto development. So thank you very much. I'm super excited for this episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how Mastercard says the mass adoption of digital assets is just getting started as this CEO states Swift will not exist in five years. We tell our listeners what we can anticipate in the years to come. Andreessen Horswitz has announced a $4.5 billion fund that will invest in cryptocurrency. And Ray Dalio calls crypto digital gold. CEO of Circle, Jeremy Allaire, makes a powerful statement on the future of money transfers and the role Ripple will have in cross-border payments, as well as Kathy Woods, Elon Musk, and Jack Dorsey all publicly endorse crypto, stating it's going to be the main factor bringing power away from the government's and back to the people. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So anybody who watches our program knows we usually start off with Johnny Crypto, but we have a very special guest, so we have to start off with Crypto Aerie this morning. We are super excited to have you. For anybody who doesn't know, she does some amazing content, whether it's deep diving on XRP or just digital assets overall but I'd love to give you the chance to speak here. How did you actually enter the crypto market originally? And thank you for joining our show today.
1: <laughs> Abs that is quite an amazing uh energy level you have. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. That's I'm- much
0: appreciated. You know what it is though? It's not me. It's the black coffee every morning. So <laughs> I can't take full credit, but thank you very much.
1: It was very impressive.
0: 12
2: XRP. Yeah.
1: yeah so um yeah, I've been in this space for a little bit of time. Uh, you know, what was really interesting, and I think it's it's with everybody who's in this space, you start off with um, uh, following a few YouTubers, and then you start to say to yourself, oh, this looks fun. I, I can do this, <laughs> you know, without realizing uh, what you're getting yourself into. But I uh, went into that of starting a channel. Actually, my channel was all about sumo. Uh, in, the, in the beginning. Uh, but there's not a lot of sumo fans outside of Japan, so it wasn't very popular. But I enjoyed doing it at the time because it was uh, a passion of mine. And I still enjoy watching sumo here in, in, in the country. They have uh, about five tournaments a year and they last for two weeks and it's pretty fun. But uh, it was in 2017 I, I made the decision to uh, turn it into a crypto channel and uh at that time i was really heavily into well there weren't as many i mean there's nineteen thousand altcoins now so in in uh back in 2017 it was quite quite a different space and uh, i was a i was definitely into bitcoin that was something that i was uh i bought my first bitcoin in 2014. in fact i just did the research I just did the research to look at that first purchase because I had to do do something where that first date of purchase was required, and uh, I bought it on auction uh, on eBay. So you used to be able to buy crypto uh, on eBay, and that's actually the first place I bought um, XRP too. But then, uh, you know, in doing the channel and as the space matured a little bit and grew, uh, I think a lot of us started talking more about uh, just Bitcoin. And then I happened to go down um, a rabbit hole with XRP and pretty much the rest is history. And I really stayed with XRP um, on on a pretty serious level because there's just so much going on with that. XRP Ledger. There's just so much going on. So it's a really fun project to follow. And uh, I do talk about other other projects. But when it comes to XRP, I think it has uh, the potential to be, you know, one of the definite uh, survivors, because there's going to be a lot in this space that don't quite make it. But anyway, that's,
0: that's, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. That's awesome. And if you're if you're looking for XRP maximalists, I think you're in the right place because we have Johnny Crypto on the program today, Crypto Airy, and that's just for you. He usually rocks an XRP background, but Johnny Crypto, thank you for joining us on this Wednesday. So we have some amazing content and I have a list of questions I'm going to be asking Crypto Airy, whether it's about the markets overall or XRP content or central bank digital currencies, which we talk about almost every day on our channel. But before we dive into that, I want to say hello to our guests. So Johnny Crypto, how are you feeling on this Wednesday? And welcome in, man.
2: Good morning, everybody. How are you today? I'm, I'm feeling great, as always, every day. I'm super excited. You know, last week or two weeks ago, we had Bearable Bull on, and I said to him, we're going to have Crypto Aerie on in a week or two weeks. He goes, oh, my God, that's the XRP mom. So I don't know this crypto, area, but you are. So we got Crypto Mom on the SEC, and then we got Crypto Aerie who's XRP mom on uh, <laughs> on the uh, Twitter. So it's so awesome to have you here. Thank you for joining us. We're super excited to have you and can't wait to just dive into, you know, what you know, all your experience, you know your journey, how you got here, and, and how, how, you know, your thoughts on all these different new things as we see the crypto marketplace evolving right from where you were many years ago to some of us who are getting in now to where we're going is really really super exciting so uh happy to have you here and uh, welcome to the show and i do want you if you can share with us we know you have a very unique twitter name sento am i saying this right sento sumo saba maybe you can help us understand what that means
1: yeah well the sumo you should you should probably understand now is the sport which is the national sport here in Japan. It's it's the sport, the wrestling sport of sumo. <clears throat> Sento is a hot spring, and it's a hot spring that is for the public. So it's just uh, like, um, yeah, I don't know if any of you, have any of you been to a hot spring before? No. Well, it's... it's Only really, in video games. Yeah. <laughs> it's really something that is... Uh, loved and there's just thousands of them because this is a volcanic uh island right i mean archipelago is very much volcanic and we have um this hot spring that is from the top in hokkaido down all the way into the south where okinawa is and so there's just i don't know how many there's at least hundreds and maybe into the thousands of hot springs so uh, sento is just one version of that hot spring. That's a that's a public version. So sento sumo and saba. Saba is a kind of silverfish that is like a mackerel, and it's one of the yummiest ones when it comes to sushi. So those are kind of my. My three loves, Sento, Sumo, and Saba.
2: <laughs> ah, now it all makes sense. We just have to figure out how to work XRP into
0: there, I guess. <laughs> That's funny, awesome. but You know what you did say that was very important is that we had we have Crypto Airy. Now for our next episode, we got to get Hester Pierce and Crypto Airy on the same platform. We'll manifest yeah, yeah. that now. Will it take a few years? <laughs> Probably, but I think we can make it happen. But I'd love to hear from the Node Defender. Mario, you make it happen behind the scenes, and you are the fastest growing influencer in the Node space. So how are you feeling on this Wednesday?
3: Uh, feeling great, Abs. First of all, I'm really excited to be here. Uh, really happy to have CryptoArea on the show. I'm looking forward to getting uh, you know a little bit of her knowledge with some of the topics that we're going to be discussing. It's funny that you mentioned the hot springs because back where I grew up in Portugal, there's actually a place very close by that has uh, hot springs, but I've I've never experienced it. But I've it was it was known for like many years ago. It was known like all over Portugal for being this sort of miraculous place where you would come and a lot of a lot of like injuries and illnesses, it would actually help with a lot of those things. So it's really interesting that you said that it reminded me of this place, which is very close to where I used to live. But super excited to be on the show, looking forward to it. Habs, take the floor, man.
0: That was beautiful, Mario. Thank you so much. And I'm really excited to have you. It's our first episode of the week. Usually, Mario does four or five episodes, but he's been so busy. We really appreciate you making time for us today. But with that being said, we'll hop into our first, or sorry, we'll hop into this thing the same way we always do by showing you guys our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter, where you get access to our entire team. Tweet at us, follow us. We love interacting with you guys. But we will hop into the Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index. Johnny Crypto, we are in extreme fear. There's no surprise here. We're sitting at an 11, but I'd love to get some quick thoughts before we hop into the total coin market cap.
2: You know, I just continue to sound like a broken record here, but I love me extreme fear. I tell everybody, replace the word fear with buy. Replace the word sell, greed with sell, right? And so for me right now, this is a buying time. And look at that chart right there. That's my favorite. So historically, if you look at last year, there's an old saying, sell in May and go away. And you kind of see that's kind of what happened last year, right? People sold in May. They went away. They came back, you know, start to buy back in July. They got to get in before the rest of the sheep will get in, right? And then you see it kind of skyrocket. So same thing. I love this time. I'm just slowly, every day, weekly, put a little bit of this here, a little bit of that. Everything's on sale right now. I don't have to be watching my screen every day. I'm not panicking. I'm not worried because things aren't going new for I'm relaxed. I'm calm and I'm buying. I love this time.
0: Crypto area, we'll get into a macroeconomic conversation later in the episode, but typically when we look at this chart, we say extreme greed is a possible time for accumulation and sorry, extreme fear is a possible time for accumulation. Extreme greed is a possible time to be exiting and executing on your exit strategy. I'd love to hear what some of your thoughts are on that
1: yeah well emotionally i think we always um, those of us who have been through these cycles up and down and up and down it gets easier and easier the longer year you you've been in this space but no doubt i i would imagine that for a lot of people this is the first time they've seen a, a major pullback like this and then when we've got this sideways movement which we've seen you know five percent up five percent down five percent up five percent down it gets a little uh frustrating irritating you 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 want to see something happen because you're you're uh anxious for uh if we're going to find the bottom or if we're still going to fall further down down and then i think there's a lot of people who go through that natural um thought is why didn't i take more profit you know when i had a chance Um, but you know, it, it just takes some experience to learn that the cycles do, um, come up and down and there's one thing for sure is that we'll be back up again. What we just don't know is how long it'll take. And there's just, there are a lot of, I won't get into, like you said, you, you want to talk about the macro in a little bit later in the video, but there, there are so many, um, unknowns right now. And we're in a situation that we've never been in before in many reasons. And so at the end of this month, too, the Fed will start their um, their, their uh, moving against easing. And so we, we haven't seen that happen since 2018. And when that last was tried, it was a complete disaster. It didn't work very well. And they had to completely reverse what they were trying to do. But I think they're really committed this time to do something because of the uh, inflation. And so I think they're going to try to raise rates for a while, which could have a disastrous effect on the stock market. And we are correlated to the market right now, the traditional markets. So I think everybody just is, you know, really sitting on the sidelines waiting to see what happens
0: and when i compare this bear market what we're going through now to what we went through in 2020 i think what really ended up saving us was the new flooded liquidity that came in from the federal reserve of course and like you just said on june 1st they're going to start offloading their balance sheets so we are going to see the actual the polar opposite of what we got in 2020 and that's why i think this bear market is probably only beginning but the silver lining at the end of this tunnel is that institutions are lining up behind the scenes. They're building the infrastructure. And Johnny Crypto always says they're building the foundation for when they push us off the cliff. When it's time for retail to be involved in this market, all the infrastructure is going to be laid out, and they're just going to flood us into what they've already built. But before we hop into that, I do want to go over the total coin market cap today. We are sitting at $1.26 trillion in global market cap. Bitcoin at 44% dominance. Ethereum just below 19%. Bitcoin is sitting at $29,700 this morning. Still haven't broken through that $30,000 range. And like CryptoAres said, we've just been consolidating these past few weeks. Ethereum is $1,900. XRP is $0.40. Cardano is $0.51. Avalanche, $0.28. Kronos, $0.18. We have Stellar sitting down here at $0.13. Cosmos at $10. Algorand at $0.40. And Hedera Hashgraph, which we cover every single day on this channel, is sitting at $0.09. So crypto area, I would love to go back to you if that's all right. What do you think about the market overall? We talked about the possibility of the Fed doing the opposite of what they did in 2020. So this bear market could only be beginning. If this bear market is just starting, do you think it's an appropriate time to begin your dollar cost averaging process?
1: It's always a good time to dollar cost average in, but if you don't do it on a regular basis, then maybe you want to wait just to see if uh, what's gonna happen after uh the first um i i'm not i'm not making any any purchases right now i'm 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 in a sit and waiting mode and um, i'm gonna buckle down and be ready for a bear market if that should occur and so i i think well um there are some amazing. like when you went through the pricing right now i just I can't believe on on some of those what they are at right now, but I'm still proceeding with with caution. And uh, I think it's really important to always have a little um, dry powder or cash on the side because you definitely want to take care take advantage of a market like this. This is when real wealth is built. This is when this is this is really seriously when you can uh, become. You know, really, in a in a position when the market does flip back to a bull market, uh, it'll it'll just be so surprising if you take advantage of these bear markets.
0: And it comes back to the old adage: billionaires are built where in a bear market. But what we always talk about on our channel is that you can't play short-term games in a long-term market. And you highlighted this in your original uh, talk that we had in the beginning. You're focused on 2025 and beyond, and you do know that this market is going to turn bullish again. It's just, are we relatively close to the bottom? There's so much uncertainty right now, but I'd love to hear from Johnny Crypto. Johnny Crypto, what are some of your thoughts overall? If Bitcoin continues to bleed, we know these altcoins are going to have a massive regression when that takes place. So what are some of your thoughts on where the market is today?
2: Yeah, I actually agree with Crypto area here where you don't want to put all your powder in right now. That would be a mistake. I, we none of us know where the bottom is. We believe that, you know, the next run, bull run, at a minimum, if there's no other catalyst that happened between now and twenty twenty four, you're probably looking at the next halving, which is gonna be sometime in the March March twenty twenty four time frame, right? So between totally. now and then Yes,
1: yes, right, yes. So,
2: so between now and then you can envision a two year lull where we're just gonna kind go sideways and consolidate now. The difference between this bull run and the other ones, in my opinion, potentially is the world has woken up to this. Institutions are coming in. Regulation is in the works. Lawsuit, XRP may be ending soon. As all those things happen and they move us into CBDCs and things like that, that could change the game. And maybe there's an earlier kickstart to this entire cryptocurrency market space where we don't have to wait till 2024. For the next bull run to happen. It it may happen before then. And then that so we may already start going up and then that kicks and we go up even higher. I think we're gonna see a tsunami like we've never seen before in the crypto market, in my opinion, between now and somewhere in, between now and somewhere between 2025. But I do think the next six months to a year is gonna be kind of calm, it's gonna be quiet. I think it's a great time to slowly dollar, as she said, dollar I dollar cost average in. Every week, every month, I'm putting a little bit, sometimes a hundred bucks, sometimes a thousand bucks, whatever I can afford. I'm putting it in every single week, every single month from now to then, because I think
0: it's just a great opportunity to accumulate. Thank you, Johnny. And we have 210 live listeners out there. Show us some love, smash that like button. All social medias are linked below. And if you're looking for a deeper, more fundamental understanding of the crypto market, the best place to do so is at the 3T Warrior Academy, where you get access to our entire team. We hold tons of weekly calls. And you get access to Coach JV. He does a weekly update on his portfolio every single Thursday. But I do want to continue with the content that we have planned for today because Johnny brought up something very, very interesting, which is that regulation on stablecoins is just around the corner. And I don't think it's a coincidence that we just had BlackRock and Fidelity invest $400 million into Circle that same week. Janet Yellen gives a speech and said that stablecoin regulation is mandatory for the success of this market. And it's going to be the catalyst that leads to institutions getting involved from this point going forward. We had a very interesting article that we covered yesterday from Kevin O'Leary that said he doesn't expect regulation on stable coins to come out until when? November of this year after midterm elections. So that's something that we're going to be watching crypto area. But do you believe that regulation on stable coins could be a catalyst for institutions to get involved in this market?
1: Yeah, it'll definitely help. And I think the 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 situation that happened with Luna is probably putting a little bit of of fire to get it done quicker um november yeah i think that's probably going to be after the um elections right and so um i also think there's going to be lots of different stable coins too and i think the auditing process is going to get more um transparent i think there's there's going to be a lot of different new players coming into the market when the clarity is there Uh, Yeah, the the institutional investors are just on the sidelines also waiting for the uh, regulations to be clear. And they now, you know, when you look at the numbers, they now, even with the institutional investors that have come in, uh, they outnumber the retail investor now. That has flipped. That flipped this year. And so the tsunami, yes, will be unbelievable because as who was it uh they were talking about in in davos or what no it was the it was the um it was the dc blockchain you know when you look at the size of bitcoin right now just just under a trillion dollars in terms of market cap that is nothing nothing compared to what is going to be coming in with the uh wealth sovereign funds for retirements and for all of the uh, institutional investment type um, strategies. It, 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 you're, you're talking it's going to just escalate into the trillions. And so we, we just we're just almost there and we're almost there with regulation. and that really is the biggest hurdle right now for the institutional investors.
0: And what I think is so interesting is we saw Kathy Woods come out, I think it was two or three weeks ago now, and she called for a seven-figure Bitcoin by 2026, but that wasn't the interesting part of what she said. What she said is that it would only take 2.5% of the total liquidity to be in institutions. So most of this is going to be retail and the decentralization narrative, which is reassuring for me because as much as we talk about institutions getting involved, being a huge catalyst for the market, I think this market is built for retail. I'd really, really like to see the decentralized narrative continue going forward, because there is going to be an attack on this market, I think that further on down the line, I'd like to say two years from now, we're going to see an attack on the decentralization narrative, and they're going to crash this thing and tell us that they sh- we should be moving into centralized projects like government-backed coins. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Well, I don't disagree that they're going to come down heavy with a big, huge hammer on DeFi, but I'm not so sure they're going to push us into centralized solutions. I think it's going to be a balance between uh defi and i think it's going to be a hybrid it's going to be it's going to be a hybrid of both i don't think it's going to be necessarily all cefi um i think the biggest difference that you're going to see is that there's going to be a separation of the marketplace um there's going to be those particular projects and assets that are deemed uh blessed for institutional investment. And then there's gonna be thousands of others that are just kind of running wild out there with with use cases that they're trying to you know, uh, secure. But I, I don't think we're gonna see the market uh, shrink too much. I think there's gonna be so much development and there's gonna be so many other people coming into the space trying to solve a problem that um, some people say that, oh, it's going to get down to just a couple of hundred coins that have a real use case solving a real problem. I don't think we're going to see that for quite some time. I think we're going to see the next three to five years just be flooded with new projects because there's just a ton of people that are that are wanting to build in this space.
2: Yeah, I totally agree with, with, with you there, Crypto. I think at the end of the day, what's going to happen is there is going to be there's going to be a narrative of cryptocurrencies, bad CBDC, good, right? There's no question they're going to push us there because they're not going to lose control. Once they get the bulk of the people on CBDCs, believing in it, on their FedNow coin and all that, once all of that's established in UBI and all that stuff, then they're going to be like, okay, now you guys can go in and they'll let these, they can't stop all this other decentralization. It's just going to be too much. So they'll try to shrink it and curb it down and drive everybody. I should go this way drive everybody to CBDCs as much as they can. But I think it will be, like you said, a coexistence of it. What that balance is, I don't know. It's probably going to be painful to get there because they're going to want to drive everybody <clears throat> to feeling something safe, right? And so obviously what's the first thing? They'll establish a stable coin. Whenever you see BlackRock getting into Synapse, forget about it. It's game over. Those guys around the world. 10 to $13 trillion of assets are under those guys, Okay. They are, They manage more than the size of countries, all right, they're, they're than GDPs. They have powerful say. They have all the connections. And they're not going to be investing money in something that's not coming. They already know the game. They're making the rules. So if they're getting into it, like we always say, don't do what they say. Do what they do. Follow the money. And that's what we want to do.
3: Yep, and I, I just want to add as well, I, I agree completely. I think that over the years, we'll just see the crypto market mature. And at the same time, we'll see investors in the crypto market also mature. People will realize the projects that they need to be investing in versus the projects that are just coming in to make a quick buck. You know, anything from from meme coins to NFTs, now it's the new craze. NFTs that really have no fundamental backing or utility. So I think it's a positive thing that we'll see for the next bull run. And I agree with Crypto Area. I really think that we will continue to see thousands Uh, you know, thousands of different projects. We continue to see a lot of different projects enter the space. A lot of people that believe in creating something using the blockchain technology. And there's going to be so many new cool things that are just going to come about. And you're going to be like, oh, wow, I never thought of that. So it's still such a young market. And just to roll back a little bit on the conversation with what CryptoAware said, as as far as being in the space right now, being in the space right now, while it's while it's boring, it's it's definitely the the right time. And I remember that one of my biggest and I've said it on the sh- on the show many times, had I continued to invest throughout 2018, 2019, 2020, that's really where that generational wealth is built.
0: You're spot on, Mario. And a conversation that we have with crypto Erie really taught me something. We've only talked one time behind the scenes CryptoEary, but you already taught me a few lessons. And one of them was that I'm actually a relatively late investor into this market. I first entered this market back in 2020. But after listening to a lot of the conversations that we had, I didn't realize that you could even buy cryptocurrency on eBay until, <laughs> until you told me that. So it's funny. I think there's three generations of crypto investors, right? There's the pre-2017 people. There's the 2017 to early 2020 people, and then there's the mid 2020 and beyond, and I'm part of that generation. So I'd really like to hear some of your thoughts on what you think the biggest differences are with people who are just entering the market, how they can have a realistic outlook as somebody who's been in this thing for about seven years now.
1: Oh, it's such a big question. I don't know how to answer that. Um, it is quite different uh, today. Um, I really, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that the adoption is still. You know, has a lot of momentum. Um, you know what I? Maybe, maybe the biggest difference is early, early on. It was really, uh, and this is going to sound a little cheesy, maybe, but early on there was very much a libertarian point of view. People were very excited that there was a chance to actually be able to transfer value among each other. That didn't have any tie to any country and didn't have any tie to any uh, government. And so that narrative or that feel of, of why this was such an important technology, I find with the, the people who have just entered this space, that's not the primary reason why they're in here. They are. But that was the primary reason why most of us were into this space in 2013, 14, 15 and 16. And then when 17 happened and we had that nice little bull run up until the early part of 2018, it started to attract some of the speculators who just were in it just to make money. And I think now today. um, a lot of the people who are are here that have just come in are trying to find because we've had two years of lockdowns all around the globe and we were in a position where a lot of people lost their jobs a lot of people lost their incomes um, a lot of people don't want to go back to what they were doing before so they decided to speculate on crypto to try to um you know survive in a way that didn't bring them back to their old job i I just think it's it's totally different so yeah that that answer to that question would probably be a you know thesis for a master's project you know because it's just very complex and there's so many differences now from the investor who's just coming in to the people who were in here earlier, but I, if I had to, if I had to point to one big thing, is that the people who were in early were in it for the reasons that I mentioned. Is that we were just enamored by the fact that we would be able to transfer a form of value to each other that was outside the construct of a government. That was amazing for us.
0: yeah Yeah. and i think you're spot on It, it would take a masters but i'm gonna give it a shot here and just tell people what my three sentence synopsis would be right so if you're entering this market right now the number one thing i would say is any money you're putting into the market it's gone forever pretend like it doesn't exist from that point going forward and that's what i do with my dollar cost averaging process the money that i make every week a certain portion of that goes out every single friday it doesn't even exist to me it goes right into my crypto portfolio and i've been doing that now for almost two and a half years so it's paid a great benefit you're going to go three four months of high volatility but then once you make some money you actually have some cushion and you stop being emotionally affected by every bear run that we have but i know johnny crypto has some comments so i'd love to hear from him
2: well first of all i you know selfishly i just want to say i'm glad mario didn't invest in 2018-19 in 20 because he'd be a billionaire by now in an elite, elite status and we would have never got a chance to meet him and know him so now we all get to grow together and hopefully become elitists together in this next boulevard with crypto Erie and all our wonderful followers and everybody here at the 3t academy as we're learning how to position ourselves to generate uh to, to put ourselves in generational wealth growth right so that's number one. <laughs> number two, you know, what What's what? 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 Crypto Aries said is very true. I had a few friends that were telling me, just too bad I'm an idiot, in 2013, and, you know, we're all in the tech space, right? So, we, they, you know, I have software programmers who are friends, and they're like, hey, let's go buy some computers. Let's go start mining Bitcoin. And I almost did it in 2013. And they were looking at it like, oh, we got to run all these servers, and we decided not to do it. Oh, we're morons. But I really believe back then when people got in this space in 2013, 14, 15, 16, maybe up to 17, it was because they truly believed in the technology. They believed in free, free currency, free freedom. It's freedom. That's what Bitcoin represents, right? You can't manipulate it. And so that that's what that class of investors and folks and people wanted. Then when all the speculators or when when some of the world woke up and said, holy shit, you can make a ton of money in these markets. You had all these whales and manipulators come in and change the game. And and now forget it. Now you got all the elites and big boys control. Even the whales of 2017 are saying that this run, they can't control the market anymore. They've said the dynamics have changed. And actually it's the elites now, the, 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 grayscales and the black rocks and all them that are controlling this market. So now you're just back to a typical stock market. Just look what they do with the stock market. That's exactly what they're going to do with this market here. So they're going to fool you into thinking stuff. They're going to put narratives out to tell you, look this way. And then they're going to do things that way. And we know that because, well, we got mindset training. We're Jedi masters here at the Academy. So we're ready for it. But it is going to be a different game the way you invest in this. The good news is we're in so early And a lot of these coins or a lot of these technologies apps are going to take off and be the rails of the future Web 3.0. A lot of them are going to go away. We're going to lose, but it's okay. You know, you bet on a bunch of racehorses. You put your bets and you know
0: that not every horse is going to win the race, but you only need one or two. And it's game over. Exactly, Johnny. It's know the game so you can't get played. And one of the things that you have to do when you're playing this game, you're either going to be somebody's exit liquidity or you're going to use somebody as exit liquidity. And that's what we're trying to teach at the 3T Warrior Academy. As much as you want to have that diamond hands mindset, there are appropriate times to exit and deleverage yourselves from this market. And I think we've all experienced that over the past year or so. So if you're looking for a more deeper, fundamental understanding of the crypto market, the best place to do so is at the 3T Warrior Academy. And we have 212 live listeners out there. Show us some love, smash that like button. We are right about to get into our first articles for today, which is some amazing content. And anybody who knows this show knows we're huge fans of Elon Musk. So our first article is, of course, Elon Musk believes in the benefits of crypto, empowering the people over government. So Elon Musk, Kathy Woods, and Jack Dorsey hosted a live event on May 24th and spoke about various topics, including the future of crypto and the high hopes they have for Bitcoin. One thing that all three of the people on the panel agreed on was that cryptocurrency is going to be necessity going forward and that the future of cryptocurrencies will be vital in bringing power away from the governments and back to the people. Elon Musk addressed that one day he hopes cryptocurrencies can make an entire concept of money more efficient and will benefit and empower the people giving them back control over the government. That is reiterated over and over again throughout this article. Before we deep dive into what Kathy Woods and Jack Dorsey had to say, I'd love to get some comments from the group starting with johnny crypto and then heading over to crypto erie johnny crypto we always talk about elon musk on this channel mainly because i'm a fanboy i've been following elon since 2016 maybe even 2015 when i was like a sophomore in high school but one of the things i've always found interesting about elon is he tells it how it is i remember back in 2018 he did an interview where he publicly criticized the sec and it was the first time i'd ever see anyone do that I get it, I'm relatively young. But at the same time, it was eye-opening for me that people can even attack government agencies in that way. Do you think he has an authentic perspective, Giant Crypto? Will crypto bring power away from the governments and back to the people? Well, I think
2: first of all, that's a very different question. Can cryptocurrency do that? Yes, absolutely. Will they allow it? No, absolutely freaking not, in my opinion. No freaking way that they're going to... They work too hard... Too many years. We know what they did in 1912 so they can make uh, the, the fake Federal Reserve in 1913 to gain all the power. There is no damn way they're going to say, oh, okay, we're just going to give it back to the people. It's not going to happen. I told you this yesterday. I tell you every day. This is just WWE. We got Angelina out there today. Well, maybe she's not here today. We got a wrestler as our fan here. So WWE, right? This is just a show. You're watching, you're watching political theater here. And Elon gets to be, in this case, the face. You know, we know that Gates has been the heel and Buffett's been the heel, right? Some people get to say great things about it. The other side has to bash it. It creates confusion. So nobody knows what the hell's going on, right? That's what they want because they don't want us investing in this stuff right now, this early. Because then, as you said earlier, if we're all in it, who the hell are they going to dump this on later? They, they, need, they need us to be the liquidity, right? So I personally, while I believe that it absolutely has the power, especially Bitcoin, to, to, to give the freedom and power back to the people, there's no way they're going to let a monetary system exist that they don't control, in my opinion. And, you know, Crypto, Air, if you see it different, I'd love to hear your thoughts.
1: Well, I have a little bit of an idealistic view, and that's where I hope he brings free, more free speech to the platform because I feel like we haven't had the free speech to the extent. I understand that you don't want to just let anything out the gate goes because free sometimes free speech can be hate speech and there's a fine line right so yeah. I understand that but but I sure would like to see more free speech on all the platforms that we have in the world and um, and I do hope that he is able to remove some of these bots because they are really annoying uh, on Twitter um, I, I just want to say one thing about Elon that is important to me. I, I like the fact that he kind of supported the meme coin Doge because mm-hmm. Dogecoin is in its in its truest, pure, simplest form. It is also a, a very much like Bitcoin, where it is you're able to, in a decentralized manner, transfer value, and mm-hmm. it, it has some. Amazing use case that is going to bring it utility coming up with Flare. So don't forget that Flare Networks has chosen to actually bring this coin under its F assets. And you will be able to execute different kinds of smart contracts with Dogecoin. And so people who put this coin down or look down upon it, and, and I just think that um, that's not right. And I think that it deserves its own place in this space. And so I just felt personally glad that he was supporting it. And I hope that they have developers that that continue to build and improve upon its code. And I think it's fantastic. So I respect Musk for for, for <laughs> For embracing Dogecoin. I really do. Because I think sometimes everybody thinks that Bitcoin is it and everything else is shit. And I, sorry about that. Don't want to get you thrown off. But I, <laughs> I don't, I don't agree with that kind of um, narrative.
0: Well, Crypto you don't have to worry about getting thrown off for swearing. Yesterday, I think we had 13 F-bombs happen on the channel. So I don't think shit will get us thrown off. We got a lot more to go to before that takes place. But I do want to hear from the Node Defender here. Mario, we had a really interesting quote from Jack Dorsey that said, the reason crypto is, is stumped right now is because there's not a monetary policy that endorses cryptocurrency. So when we see a shift in monetary policy, when we see a shift in regulation, that's when we're going to see the floodgates open. And the most powerful people in the world are publicly discussing this. What are some of your thoughts?
3: I agree. I agree. I, I I do think that Elon. I honestly think that he's he's a positive speaker for the space. I agree with Crypto Airy. I I like the so yesterday I I did a class for for some eighth graders at school just t- talking about blockchain and and Bitcoin and it was really interesting that a, a lot of these kids actually knew Dogecoin and they asked me about Dogecoin and I actually gave the example that Dogecoin is a perfect example of what a decentralized currency or a decentralized project really is because it got completely dropped off. It continued to exist. Then all of a sudden, Elon Musk was, you know, he, he made, he, he made his uh, his interest in the project public and they got picked up again. And, and it, it got this uh, it matured. It goes back to what I was saying before it matured. So that was really interesting to see. And um, Jack Dorsey, uh, Kathy Woods, those three people are just big, prominent speakers for the space. They will continue to drive adoption. As far as the Twitter freedom, I really think that freedom is needs a delicate balance because as you give people freedom, then they have the freedom to do amazing things, but they also have the freedom to do very stupid things. So there needs to be a little bit of a delicate balance. And I think that's going to be the biggest challenge is figuring out how can we create more freedom or allow more freedom into the platform without negative or bad things being created by the the bad people, unfortunately.
0: And crypto Airy brought up something really, really interesting, which is that she, she backs Elon's public promotion of Dogecoin, right? Where a lot of people in the crypto community thinks that's a classic example of misdirection. So some people think that he's leading retail into Dogecoin because it's not a project with some actual utility, but you just brought up the fact that it will have real utility going forward. Maybe you can speak to that a little bit more. Do you think it's an example of misdirection? Clearly you don't, right?
1: No, I, I don't, and I'm not actually sure if he is. I am not sure if Elon really knows about Flare Networks, but the fact that they are going to provide that utility uh, for not only those beginning, um, you know, set of five that they've that they set out to launch with, but there is going to be this bridge uh, through Layer Cake that is going to be able to bridge Bitcoin and all of them. Into having real utility, and the DeFi solutions that are going to come out of Flare Networks are going to be mind blowing—really mind blowing. So um, you can also study that layer cake, and they're going to be insured, so they're collateralized. Those contracts, so that you don't you 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 mitigate the risk of 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 losing money when you are doing. You know, you can you can have impermanent loss, right? In some of those contracts when you're when you're dealing with liquidity pools, et cetera. And I'm not going to go deep into that, but but they have come up with some solutions that are just amazing. So yeah, no, I and I'm not one that truly I'm not one of these people in this space that's a maxi for anything. You know, I I want to see the entire space flourish. Because I really do believe in that cliche statement, you know, the the boats all rise with the tide, and so I don't want to see anybody fail. I was personally really sad, although it has a chance to to revive some way somehow. But when Luna crashed and burned, um, not just because I had Luna in my portfolio, um, and I thought I thought it was a great experiment, and I I had a lot of uh, I had a lot of hope that it was going to work. We shouldn't be too hard on Luna, although I know a lot of people lost money. Uh, but you have to encourage the experimentation and you have to go into it knowing, like you said, uh, Abs, that any money you invest, you have to be ready to lose it. And and so we learned a lot. The space learned a lot from that crash and burn. Um, and And it's interesting how they are trying to you know, revive the project through a fork and do a Luna classic. And that's going to be very interesting in terms of just if they can pull that off. And so yeah, I guess I'm my brain is going in a million different directions as I'm as I'm talking, but getting to the point of Dogecoin, Dogecoin deserves a, a spot in this ecosystem as much as any other digital asset does. That's how I feel.
3: That's
0: fascinating. And and it's interesting that you say that because I don't think a lot of people are willing to make that type of a statement, right? But you have some very fundamental reasons for why Dogecoin is going to be prominent going forward. And I think use cases, a lot of them are created by who's backing the currency. The fact that Mark Cuban and Elon Musk and a lot of these public figures are going to create additional use cases for Dogecoin going forward. Like I saw that eventually you may be able to purchase a Tesla using Dogecoin and you can buy Mavericks merchandise on their website, and in their facilities using Dogecoin. So that's another real-world use case that we're talking about now. But I do want to hop into a CBDC article because we had the MasterCard CEO teases the CBDC panel saying that SWIFT may not exist in five years. This is huge news. MasterCard CEO had people gasp when he answered no when he was asked if SWIFT will exist in five years' time. This was during a discussion of cross-border payments and the potential of CBDCs on the financial system. A really impactful quote we have here is if you get a payment with all of the data attached that you need as a company, the cost savings of that, in addition to the payment costs being lowered and the overall productivity boost, that's the real goal here. And that's another real world use case that we're getting from cryptocurrencies. If you don't adopt this technology, you're going to be left behind. And I think MasterCard and a lot of these other global firms are starting to understand that. It's only fitting we start with our special guest. So Crypto Erie. what are some of your thoughts? Yeah, I covered this
1: in tonight's video. Um, it it was surprising. Um, he's the only person on the panel that felt this way. Nobody else was really willing to go out and and say that. Then they actually sought out another comment from a spokesperson at at uh, Mastercard, and they tried to downplay the statement a little bit. It is a really it's a huge statement. Um, I think that he doesn't necessarily think they're going to disappear. Um, what he what he said is that he thinks is going they're not going to be a dominant player um i think that if they want to be a dominant player they're going to have to uh, quickly very quickly uh, adopt where the technology is strongest and i'm not saying just going with ripple and xrp but They have to be able to be flexible enough that they've got to get rid of that old just messaging system. I don't think they can build it on their own. They're going to have to just they're going to have to collaborate on a on a really major effort. They're working with Accenture right now. They're working with Amazon blockchain. They're working with uh, Capgemini, Uh, but they're doing that because they're trying to find their rightful space base and uh, they they know that the, it's ticking on them in terms of the, the amount of time that they're going to be able to maintain uh, what their business model is. Do I think they can reinvent themselves? Uh, the pipes right now are just messaging pipes and so that's why I don't think they can build something from scratch and make it to the finish line in time. I think they're going to have to collaborate big time. With some technology companies uh, and and then they probably will be able to survive. If they don't, I agree with the CEO of MasterCard. They're just not they're going to lose their prominent position. They'll probably be another Kodak and just, you know, have a brand name and that's it.
0: So I'd love to stick with you here just for a moment because you brought up something that I find fascinating, which was the Camp Gemini news, right? Everybody took that news and ran with it like it was bullish for Ripple, but during our private conversations, you broke down for our group why you don't believe that to be the case. Maybe you can share with our listeners some of your thoughts on where central bank digital currencies are going to evolve to. You said that Swift is also working with companies like Amazon, and I couldn't remember the other one, but it's not chosen. It's not going to be Ripple. It's not like this stuff is cut and dry. We're just following the seeds and trying to figure out who's going to be the winner. So what are some of your thoughts on why the Camp Gemini news maybe was blown out of proportion?
1: Well, I just think anybody tries to make assumptions and speculation that just because it's a Ripple partner, uh, that that that's going to be a shoe in for Ripple and XRP. But that's just not the case. Um, I mean, of course, I'm not saying that they wouldn't uh, be testing or trying or incorporating them into the platform. That is, that's that's pretty much a given. They've said they're they're open to to doing that, but I just I I don't like the fact that just because it's a Ripple partner, people think it's going to be just all Ripple and all XRP. That's just not the case.
0: Johnny Crypto, what are some of your thoughts overall on this article? We know Swift is going to have to adapt, but how can our everyday listeners, you know, get ahead of that game? Is there any places that you're looking that this adoption may take place?
2: this is like trying to take railroad tracks and build a highway, right? You can't do it. All right. So they've got the wrong fundamental underlying technologies. The system was built and designed in a different era for a different time. And now what they're trying to do is slap some duct tape and some chewing gum and all this stuff on it to try and turn it into something it, it, it can't do it's kind of like um, it's like this 50-year-old quarterback that doesn't realize it's time to retire, and he's trying to just hang on as long as he can, right? And the reality is, you know, there's a lot of money here at this system, and they don't want to let go. They don't want to lose it, and they're going to go down fighting. Um, the best chance they have to survive is, to, as CryptoEry actually said it rightfully, in my opinion, is they have to partner with a couple technology companies to be able to <laughs> to try and put some semblance of a system together. But that's very, very hard. To, I'm in the technology space. That's very, very hard to do when the other guy is starting off a clean sheet of paper and solving a problem that he's now well aware of when you weren't aware of that when you created your system. So it, it's very, I, 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 I'm not surprised to hear them say, that this guy say, you know, I think the Mastercard CEO to say that. It makes sense to me that it probably won't be here in five years, or if it is, it's gonna be this really kind of band-aided system that's eventually gonna get put to death. Somebody needs to bring out a gun and just shoot the damn thing and put it to death, but it isn't gonna happen. It's gonna go out, you know. It's gonna go out trying to fight, but I don't see it surviving against technologies like XRP. You um, you got Wad's Pay that's actually in a better position than Swift is to do this. So I, I just. Yeah, I I think he's right. Listen, these guys are smart. Guys, MasterCard, right? They know what's going on. So I totally agree with them. Five years,
0: so it's probably not going to be here. And companies like MasterCard and Visa, what they have is a monopoly on global payments, right? Everybody's using these credit cards, and they're getting a small portion of every single one of those transactions. But this wasn't the only bullish news that they had come out. Breaking news, MasterCard says the Bitcoin mass adoption will happen sooner rather than later. They have already switched towards the mass markets and that will place a very important aspect for financial institutions to move into this space. Retail is going to continue to get exposure and anybody listening to this live stream, you are ahead of the game. This should just be another example of that. Mario, what are some of your thoughts?
3: Well, I the first thought in my head, I was thinking like they, they are definitely in a race and there's a lot of stuff that they're doing that behind the scenes that we're not even aware about. Um, not that they don't want, us to know but they don't want competition to know and so yeah i mean well we got to take these things as, as as just signs of all the different adoption that's happening in the crypto space and we know that that it's it's going in the direction that we know it's going in five years from now us as retail investors will be able to capitalize and, and change our lives from that but yep
0: and as we watch the floodgates open and the adoption continue, we have another humongous update from a financial firm. JP Morgan says cryptocurrency has overtaken real estate as one of its preferred alternative assets. Crypto, Erie, do you have any thoughts? You know, I just, I don't
1: understand this exactly. So JP Morgan is saying that cryptocurrency has overtaken real estate as its preferred alternative assets. Uh, so so what, the, what he's saying is, is that, real estate was was representative of a of a big part of their of their um offering and and they're saying that cryptocurrency now is becoming one of the equal to the real estate is that what they're saying
2: yeah these clowns these clowns who were saying they were going to fire people in 2017 if they if their employees use cryptocurrency are now saying look at this look at this hypocrisy they're now saying (laughs) <laughs> that they would prefer to buy cryptocurrency. I guess they have a class called alternative assets in the JP Morgan world. And in those alternative assets, they buy real estate. And they're saying, instead of buying real estate now, they're actually buying cryptocurrencies. Talk, uh, this is hypocrisy at the highest level.
1: Off yeah. the scale. I think it goes to Jamie Dimon was so deep into, JP Morgan was so deep into Ethereum that at the time that he was making those statements, he was trying to give some more runway to Ethereum and squelch the focus and spotlight on, on Bitcoin. Um, I, think it was, I think that's totally related to where his investments were, and that was with uh, the Ethereum alliance. And so um, I think that was his deal uh, at the time he was putting Bitcoin down. Yeah.
0: That's and so we only have about five minutes left here, but Crypto Area, I'd love to do a little rapid fire round where we just ask you a bunch of questions, mostly related to XRP on my end. I'm not sure what the guys have planned, but I do want to ask you clearly there's a lawsuit going on. Clearly, it's holding the growth within the United States. You do not live in the United States. Have you seen any adoption overseas? I mean, I think it's okay. Everyone knows you're from Tokyo, right? So we can say you're from Japan. That's been one of the largest promoters of XRP. Can't know, I guess. No, no, no. She says it in all of her videos. Don't worry. I'm I'm good on that one, right? Crypto Area? Okay. Yeah, yeah, you.
1: yeah, you're fine. Everybody <laughs> knows I'm in Tokyo.
0: Exactly. So, one of the things we've seen is Japan being willing to adopt this technology way ahead of the game when it comes to the United States. So, as someone who lives in Japan, have you seen a larger adoption of digital assets than maybe some of us American investors?
1: Yeah. Do you know why that Japan was early to adopt? Do you have Do you have any Do you have any idea? No. That's correct.
0: That's correct. If
1: If I If I were to ask you who Who the one individual. Is or he's still alive, so it's not a was. Who who is who is the one individual that is responsible for Japan's adoption so quick? Just think, think. Satoshi. No. It's SBI. I thought the SBI
2: was something. SBI
1: was- is the largest outside shareholder of Ripple, and yes, uh, SBI is uh, is absolutely right now driving adoption in so many different ways. But but go back even further than that. It's Roger Ver. Do you know oh, Roger?
0: Roger? Him. Nope, I don't know him.
1: Okay, he's his. He's called Bitcoin Jesus. He is also responsible for the fork that happened in 2017 that was really devastating to the space when Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash had a mm. hard fork.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay, so um roger veer who's also an early adopter in um not early adopter early investor one of the earliest investors in in ripple in fact if you research uh, i think you can go back and and watch uh brad kines did a documentary called kryptonaires and i think um there's a really good segment in there with roger veer it's ver is his last name uh very controversial because the bitcoin maxis um, are very angry that he forked Bitcoin and tried to tried to take Bitcoin down a way of quicker blocks so that they, it could be a payment system because that's what Satoshi and the white paper wanted it to be. And uh, so Roger Ver was <clears throat> in, it, he was he was giving away Bitcoin and going literally door to door with people with boots on the ground here in Tokyo getting restaurants and bars to accept Bitcoin for payment before the fork. And so if, if there's one person who's responsible for the early adoption, it's Roger Ver, definitely research that that's just somebody that everybody in this space should know who that is. And then the second thing is Japan because of its declining population, they need tax dollars. <laughs> This is really the real reason why the government and the Financial Services Association adopted cryptocurrency so quick, is because we have up to a 50% tax in crypto profits here in Japan. The country needs the tax dollars really bad, <laughs> and so they, you know, if you take those two combinations, and now you've got uh, Yoshitaka Kitao of SBI really pushing the adoption through. Uh, those are those are three huge components to why uh, cryptocurrency. This is such a cryptocurrency-friendly country.
0: That's amazing, and I'm actually a little bit jealous. Except for when you said there's a 50% tax, I do not understand why you're still in Japan, Crypterary. Why haven't you had, uh, went somewhere else? Like we saw, we have friends who are in Germany and over Europe. A lot of them have one to zero percent taxes on crypto gains. I find that so so interesting. So what's keeping you in Japan?
1: Oh well, once you try Tokyo, it's it kind of it sucks you in. It's hard to get out because this is really a great city. Uh, if you're not a city person, then Tokyo is probably not for you. But if you like cities, it's a great it's a great place to be.
0: Hmm. That's awesome. So keeping it on the XRP conversation, one of the thoughts that I constantly get is, "What's your first price target? Are we going to go to 589? All those ridiculous questions, right? But I'd like to take a realistic outlook on it. Do you have a certain exit strategy that you're executing? Are you are you looking for a specific price target? Clearly, when we get real-world use case, we're going to see the market cap skyrocket on a lot of these projects. But for XRP specifically, there's so much potential there, and we see the foundation being laid behind the scenes, over 380 central banks. We're seeing countries adopt. We're seeing central banks get on board. So what are some of your thoughts on what Ripple XRP is doing, and is there a particular price target you're keeping an eye on?
1: Abs, I'm a swing trader. I've come in and out of XRP 100% more than one time, so I I'm not one of the people who just buy and hodl, and that's okay. If you are just a hodler, I'm not saying you should swing trade because it 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 is takes you to the next level of risk, and that's not for everybody. So when you say what's my price target, um, I've already gone in and out uh, multiple times, so you know I've had my targets hit. Uh, so I'm just not a hodler, and so I don't have that that one price point that I'm going to get out on. I'm constantly swing trading um, with my Patreons. I share my um, portfolio um, not on a monthly basis, but almost monthly basis because it changes so often. Uh, so and and I have used the calculator too. That's been enhanced. Susan Athey uh, did a calculator for. Uh, the parameters that you can plug in to XRP based on um, a lot of a lot of uh, factors, right? But then now we have even more parameters to plug in, which it's been that calculator has been redesigned, so you can play around with that. And it's still it's a um, it, it, it 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 there's just just so many. It depends to answer that question. But uh, I think for for uh, me, I just want to give one bit of advice to everybody. Um, Don't be greedy. A hundred percent.
0: And if I could yeah. give a little bit of advice as well, and I'm not crypto eerie, but one of the things that I've been saying these past few weeks is don't play short-term games in a long-term market, but crypto eerie, I think you just proved me wrong there because you are successfully playing short-term games in a long-term market. So maybe I have to change my perspective. I'd love to give Johnny crypto the chance to ask a question before we close it out here. So Johnny crypto, what's on your mind?
2: Well, so actually now I got two questions because one is from the audience. So they want to know if eerie coming back. So I'll leave- i'll i'll ask her i'll let her there you go so that's my first question crypto can we have you back on the show again
1: yeah yeah of course you can um it's it's always fun to be on this side of the uh on this side of the camera you, yeah it's kind of enjoyable you, you know you just kind of you just show up and and talk
0: it's great. <laughs> great. Well, that's well, awesome. Go, I'm folks. really excited, Johnny. Thank you for putting her on the spot there. I don't know if we can confirm that as a yes cuz of all the pressure, but I'm going to take it as a yes. So thank you Crypto Area. It's very much appreciated.
2: Yeah. Uh, so uh, so thank you. So there you go, folks. You kind of heard it right from right from the horse's mouth <laughs> there, so, uh but in terms of my question, so in the, in, the, in in the pre-show we talked a little bit about this whole relationship between XRP XLM. I don't know how much of our audience even knows really the history of there, but I'm just curious if if you want anything you could share about what your thoughts are on XRP XLM. Will they coexist? Are they good buddies? what What's your what's your thoughts there?
1: <laughs> They're not good buddies. Hmm. Um. They are both vying for the piece of the pie. Seriously, uh, it's a battle. It's do you a battle. Believe,
2: do you believe XLM though? Have they or Stellar have they put themselves in the position to take over that cross-border payments type of role that Ripple and XRP has put themselves in the position to do?
1: Well, I think the rails are providing a lot of solutions, especially in some developing countries right now. Yeah. they the rails are being used big time, especially in Africa. For CBDCs?
2: Um, for CBDCs? Do you uh-huh, and
1: CBDCs too. They're okay. being, yeah. So, so they're making a lot, you know, it's, it's funny. They seem to go under the radar more than Ripple yeah. and HRP. They, they don't, unless you really seek out the research, to find out what they're doing. Um, they they just go a little bit more under the tide, you know. So I think they are making a lot of headway. Um, the difference, though, is that the XLM is not really being singled out as a use case. It's just pretty much functioning uh, to secure the network, which is really important. Um, but I don't see a lot of people using XLM in their use case. They're they're issuing their own assets on the Stellar Rails. And uh it's a it's you know great tech uh should be because it's very, very close to what uh, the xrp ledger is so uh, uh, yeah, so, but do I think that they are like holding hands uh going down the the yellow brick road together? Absolutely not.
2: yeah, there's a lot of thought, there's a lot of talking, like, oh, they're gonna they work hand in hand, they came from the same company. The reality is yes, they did, <laughs> and they left on a very bitter situation um you know and it's publicly out there all the records and all the issues there but yeah so I just thought that was fascinating to see what the situation is there.
0: And if I could just close this out here I do have one additional comment. We often get questions about HBAR on our channel. What are your thoughts on HBAR? And if you had one other currency you'd recommend people do their research on what would that currency be?
1: Oh those are good questions. So I I put HBAR in my portfolio. Why? Not because I researched it, which is totally against my, my, <laughs> my way, because I think you have to research everything. However, I relied on King Solomon and I relied also on Bearable Bull and I relied on Kevin Cage. Those are three guys that have done their research on HBAR. So I felt like I didn't have to so I added H bar to my portfolio. I don't do that often. I don't recommend that to anybody. It's one of maybe just two or three. I have 36 in my portfolio. That gives you an idea how wide my portfolio is. <clears throat> I just did a, a recent breakdown for my patrons. And so I, I know that figure, uh, I, I think there's three or four that are in there that are based on those three guys and their research. Also, also, uh, uh, Darren, uh, fame, you know, Darren XRP, Darren, he also is an amazing researcher. So when I hear things that those four guys have, have researched, I pretty much am like, okay. Now, if I was going to tell you which one did I do risk research on my own and, and really am hot on right now, that's OXP.
0: Woo, that's awesome. Reason. I just wrote it yeah. down. <laughs> I think
1: we just kind of tipped there, folks, from crypto Did you, do, you, do any of you hold it right now?
0: Well, we do because we were fortunate enough to have a conversation with you. <laughs> last week. <laughs> I was going to say,
1: yes, thanks to you, uh, we do now. And I'm certainly sure
2: in about three minutes, be about another 200 people that are going to own it as well. But that was what, so just so for our listeners, OXP. So Orange, XRP, and it's, Plumber. It's
1: right? the, yeah, it's the XRP. FR- it's the xrp punks it's the xrpl punks it's the it's the project that ripple has invest ripple x invested into them um, you can research their website and do the same research i did which is uh, on xrp.com uh, i bought at six cents uh today it was trading at about 19 cents it had a high yesterday of 23 cents it's very volatile still because it's it, it the trading is so thin um so it moves a lot so it's not it's gonna be it it's it's a brand new project so you so do your research be careful but that's the one i'm really excited about right now
0: and crypto area you brought up something very interesting which is that you trust people like kevin cage and i'm sure that there are people out there right now who are saying Oh, I trust Crypto Aerie. So I'll buy some H bar for myself as well. So what do you have to say to those people? And then can you just tell people where they can find you on social media? You do amazing content. I'd yeah, love to let people know.
1: I will, but you know, look at me. I
0: made a mistake with Luna,
1: you know. So that would that was a hum, that was humbling because I was really a big Luna fan. So I, you know, I I I I understand that sometimes people trust other people's research and so i'm telling you don't do it <laughs> i'm just being honest with what i did with hbar but don't do it <laughs> do your own research because that's really so the only way to do it in this space So um, you can, yeah
2: so for example, OXP, is that a long-term hold for you or is that a is that a one of a kind of a short term i hold? i i
1: haven't i haven't sw- swung trade it yet and I say that yet because I'm I love this I love this roller coaster uh that it has, but it's such a new it's such a new project that I'm I'm still watching it carefully. You know, some digital assets that have a three, four, five year history, the the market cycles are a little bit more predictable because they tend to repeat themselves. But this is so new, I am a little nervous to trade out of it yet i put that yet in there uh so yeah but you can find me on twitter Sentosumo saba and you can find me at crypto Eddie channel on on youtube and uh yeah you guys are really your energy is infectious i love it thank you so much for inviting me
0: Thank you so much. It's amazing to have you. And just to give you, you know, give you your props because props are due. My XRP journey actually started two years ago. It started with Digital Asset Investor, the Bearable Bull, and who else? You, Crypto Aries. So I guess I have to thank you because I eventually ended up here and I know that we're going to continue to grow and do amazing things. And I hope that you can continue to come on our show and join us. I know Johnny Crypto had some closing comments and then I'll take us home. Yeah, no,
2: I just uh wanted to say thank you for having me on. Same, same as me. Uh, when I got started, there were a few influencers in the beginning, you know, BC Backer, Bearable Bull and Crypto Erie, You're one of them. So it's so cool that a year and a half ago here I was watching you, and now here I'm talking to you. It's really, really cool and exciting. Uh it's so great to see this whole community come together as we build and we all grow together. So thank you for your time. It was great having you on the show. Can't wait to can't wait to do this again soon. Thank you.
0: And Mario, any closing comments for Crypto Erie?
3: Yeah, I just want to say the same thing that Johnny just said. Just thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, you're one of the people that, that I've watched occasionally as well, you know, back a year ago when I was super deep into XRP, along with the Bearable Bull blockchain backer. And it's just really nice to now be in this position where I get to also talk to you, talk to him. And it, it's just a really humbling, it's a very humbling experience for sure. So that'll right. close us nice
1: out. With, oh,
3: go ahead. Sorry, Ari.
1: No, I was just saying it was really nice to meet you, Mario.
3: Appreciate it, likewise.
0: Awesome, and that'll close out another amazing episode. I wanna say thank you to Johnny Crypto, thank you to the Note Defender, and of course, thank you to our special guest, Crypto Airy. You guys know where you can find all three of our special guests today, and we're gonna close this thing out the same way we always do. Warriors, rise. Rise. Put your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us today.
2: Let's go. <laughs> Here we go, feel like that, feel like that first one today. We'll see you in 23 hours. (laughs) Let's go.